Welcome to the Moving Up Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Wilson, and I'm here to dish out practical advice through experience to help you elevate your business and your life. I'm the owner and CEO of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services here in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be covering a variety of topics in real estate, and you'll also be hearing from expert leaders in the personal development and entrepreneurship communities. So pull up a seat because we're about to have a lot of fun. It's time for you to move up. What do you need to succeed in today's age of nonstop innovation? Technical skills and education might come to mind, but as it turns out, one of the biggest predictors of success isn't listed on many resumes. Grit. Angela Duckworth is the author of the bestseller, Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance, and she has studied this concept extensively. Duckworth defines the term grit as a combination of perseverance and passion. Today's guest embodies all of these things and more. Alicia Griffith has built her business from the ground up through hard work of cleaning homes to property management to a top producing agent at the Wilson Group Real Estate Services. Alicia's no fear spirit, drive, passion, and perseverance is sure to inspire. So sit back and enjoy today's episode. Hello, Alicia Griffith. Hello. I am so happy to see you at my front door today. I know. This is so fun. And I'm so excited that I have your son's graduation uh, card and gift that I've had for a month and a half now to finally be able to give to you. I know. He's going off to college. Can you believe it? I can't believe that. So Alicia's son shares the same birthday as me. Yes, he does. And when he was little, like about six years old or so, I just knew he was the future of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services. (laughs) And some days I still believe he will be the future of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services when all of our agents retire off when we're 100 years old and young Reed Scully will come in and... He's signed up to take the real estate course next week. Is he really? (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. That is awesome. I know he'll fly by. Yes. And so he's going to be a rising freshman at MTSU? Yes. Middle Tennessee State? Mm Mm-hmm. He's going to be a pilot. He's almost finished getting his pilot's license. He'll have his pilot's license by August, and then he'll start college to go to be a commercial pilot. Oh my gosh. So when you said he's flying today... Is he flying on a plane or is he flying the plane? No, he's flying the plane. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's flying by himself today. Wow. Yes. Okay. So when you said, I hope his flight gets canceled, I was thinking that um, <laughs> he was going somewhere with his friends or something for his post high school graduation <laughs> trip. No, no. I meant, oh, maybe if it gets canceled, he could come here and be a part of this. <laughs> oh God. That would have been fun. All right. Next time. Next time. <laughs> so Alicia, you have been... One of the Wilson Group Real Estate Services top producers since you started. For instance, when you started, what, 2008? You were the rookie of the year for the Greater Nashville Association of Realtors at that time. For for 2009, yes. For 2009. Because 2009 was my first full year. And also for 2010 and 2011. (laughs) Because those years were so bad, there was no other rookie. So you were a three-year reigning champion. Hilarious. Impressive. You're so impressive. Everything you do is with such hard work, determination, and success. What drives Alicia Griffith? Well, well, my father, who died when I was 11, he was an agent back in Louisiana. And so I... 
always sort of grew up around real estate a little bit, but not nothing like like you and your father. I always was interested in it. And even in in college, I started a cleaning service back in Louisiana. And so I was always in people's houses, helping them with their houses, helping older people fix things in their houses. And, um, and, and then when I moved to Tennessee, I started another cleaning service. Um, and I had that for 17 years. And with that, it wasn't just cleaning houses. It, it became more of a house management business. I was helping them get things fixed, get things cleaned, a lot of times getting their houses, helping them get them ready for to put on the market. And with that became also that I would clean their rental properties. They'd say, oh, we have a, somebody moved out of our rental. And I just knew from like, when I was like 20, I want to have rental property one day. This is so smart. Everybody I saw that had rental property, older people were doing fine. Yeah. And I just... I believe that that's what it really what I wanted to do, wanted to do. You know, being self-employed, that was not easy to get. So I bought my first house in Sylvan Park mm-hmm. in, I think, 2000. And then in 2004, I realized that there was a little neighborhood that was getting, that was 10 blocks away that I could get more bang for my buck and I could free up some cash to maybe realize my dream. Uh, you helped me sell that house. I remember. And it was an FHA deal, and I like duked it out with the appraiser on the repairs. You had like a little, I don't know why I remember this. You had a little tear in your linoleum. And I had one of those appraisers, old school appraiser, who said the linoleum in the kitchen. I mean, that's how old that it, a long ago it was. You still had linoleum in kitchens. <laughs> has a tear in it and that has to be replaced per FHA guidelines. And I remember I was standing out on my deck talking to him on the phone, just sort of duking it out with him saying, no, that is a crazy repair. She does not. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I don't remember that repair, but that's because you were such a good realtor. You probably didn't even tell me about the linoleum. You just, <laughs> you just, Dude, you just kicked his butt. <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully you did not have to fix the linoleum <laughs> or I snuck a handyman in behind the scenes and got done so not to stress you out there you go so i learned from the best <laughs> so then okay so that was 04 so in 04 that's right i moved over into the nations i moved from idaho to illinois and for folks who aren't in nashville these are state streets oh, right. in nashville so yes. idaho is in a neighborhood called sylvan park illinois is in a neighborhood called the nations why we don't really know but that's another topic for another day and the, and there's a main interstate that separates the two neighborhoods right and um, everybody always said, oh, you're moving. Oh, you you have a baby. You know, I think Reed was two at the time or a year and a half. And they said, oh, it's, is it safe over there? Have you lost, you know, have you lost your mind? And I said, I can get twice as much square footage for half the price mm-hmm. for moving 10 blocks. And I think just because, you know, I grew up in New Orleans in the 80s and the crime rate was really through the roof. I think we had the second highest crime rate in the country growing up. So I never really understood like why people were so worried about this neighborhood 10 blocks away when there's really no like electric fence on the interstate that keeps crime on one side or not the other. So I moved over and I loved it. And that's sort of what started this journey of moving fast forwarding into real estate. Yeah. So you were just sharing, shared a little bit about that, Heather, and you were talking a little bit about it before we started talking. 
You know, the truth of it is, this is what happened. What happened was, this is what, this is what delayed me, is my cleaning service was so successful that um, being a single mom, being in my 30s, I was having trouble figuring out how to do anything else because the business was already so successful and I was working so much with that. So um, I think I just delayed, delayed, delayed doing it, even though I loved real estate. Um, and so then one time I, was, I had gone to New Orleans for uh, the weekend and I was driving home and I rented The Secret Oh yeah, on, on CD. Mm-hmm. And I listened to it the entire way home and I realized that day that I was crazy and there was nothing keeping me from buying rental property except myself. I and love that, that. And yeah. And the secret, for those of you who don't know it, basically says, like, I am going to buy rental property. You don't know how you're going to do it. You say what you want. You put it out into the universe, basically. And I basically said, that's right. I'm going to buy rental property. I had no idea how it was going to happen. So I started putting some feelers out. And, and I reached out to my real estate agent. And at the time was somebody that worked with you. Mm-hmm. And she put me in touch with your father. Yeah. And he just happened to be getting rid of some of his portfolio and he was going to hold the note, which was amazing because as a self-employed person with a cleaning service, I didn't know how I was going to save up 20%, et cetera, et cetera. So I uh, scraped together everything I had and gave it to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I bought I bought my first rental property from him, sight unseen. Oh, my God. What street was that on? Illinois. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Another one on Illinois. <laughs> I still own it to this day. It's still my favorite. I will never sell it. Um, at the time, so I started talking about, you know, my clients were became like family over the years. And so I started talking to my cleaning clients about, oh, you should buy rental property over here. You know, it's uh, the great investments, the prices, they're bound to go up. You know, Nashville's booming and there's no reason for this neighborhood not to go up. It's just, you know, literally right across the tracks from the from really, really nice neighborhoods. And so I had my mother bought one using a realtor in your office. And then one of my cleaning clients bought one. So I bought the first one in 06 Around that time, my mother and this other client of mine had bought another one. And then I, in 07, I bought another one in the same neighborhood. Then I had four to manage. So what the reason why I started managing the properties, and I made, I made them such a good deal. I remember saying, Anthony, I'll make you such a good deal just because I want to clean up the neighborhood. Because at the time, I mean everybody had dogs on chains and cars on blocks and trash in their yard. It was rough. And um, I decided that if I managed it, then I could go by and say, you cannot have, you know, trash in your yard. And and it's funny to to this day, my lease still has some of the, the items in it from 20 years ago. Yeah, um, no dogs on chains. Yeah, no working on your vehicle. And, um, and after you know, six o'clock at night. Yeah, just all kinds of crazy stuff. And every now and then somebody no will say. And washer yeah. and dryers on the front porch. Yeah, somebody will say something about it. And I'll go, oh, I really need to change that lease. I'm sorry. Don't just ignore that sentence. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? But that's how that happened. And so I did that for a while. Actually, it was Alice Walker who worked for you. That was my realtor at the time. And I came to her and I was, I sent her several, several clients and then she brought me some flowers and she said, 
you know, I don't even know why I'm doing this. You're going to get your real estate license one day. And it was that sentence that I just said, wow, why, why am I waiting? Again, like if she's successful and Christy's successful, they think I can do this. Why is, you know, why am I holding myself back? So that's what I did. I love that. Yes. That is amazing. So one thing I love about you too is no fear. And if you do ever have fear, you sure do cover it up well. So I watch you buy and sell and buy and sell your rental properties a lot. And I'm fascinated because I'm like, buy and hold, buy and hold. And I just like, you, you've got a whole Monopoly board going on, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because they're all state streets too. Right. And right. I, what, what makes you want to sell one or buy one or, you know, as, as you've moved your pieces around over the years? Well, I've had to, um, in order to build the bigger picture. Okay. I think basically what I decided a long time ago was that I really, I don't need to be a multi, multi-millionaire, bajillionaire, <laughs> you know, I just, just need, a multi, multi fine. Right? I just, <laughs> I just need to reti- be able to retire, yeah. um, as someone said, without eating cat food. <laughs> <laughs> And so um, I decided a long time ago that 10 paid off rental properties is my goal for retirement. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think at some point, you know, I bought the house on Idaho, sold it to buy the house on Illinois, then got the two rentals. Then the only way to, to buy another one was to sell the house on Illinois. And then downsize again, because you remember I'd already downsized. And so then I downsized again, and Reed and I moved into an 800-square-foot house. Oh, I remember that. On Alamo. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we were so happy there. But I think we, I mean, I had, like, my mortgage was, like, $400 a month. It was fabulous. And that freed up more money. And then I ended up buying the Fixer Upper house on Indiana. Mm -hmm. And when we were fixing that house up, I fell in love with it and decided that Reed and I would then move into that one. And now we rented out Alamo. So now at that point, I think, I guess I had three or four rentals. And so I had to, you know, I look back and I I say, oh, wow, if I only I had not sold that house in Illinois or this house. But you have to do it in order to to get your bigger picture. Correct. Can I just make a sidebar on the Indiana house? Alicia had an epic 80s party for your 40th birthday party. Oh, yes. Remember that? Oh, I mean, yes. Her parties are epic. <laughs> and the Wilson Group all showed up in their 80s attire. And it was that was so, so awesome. Fun. That was the house I thought I'd retire in. Yeah. So I still do. I still own it. That's the one I'm not selling. Good for you. I might move back into that one one Yay, day. Yay. Come on back over to the West Side. <laughs> So I didn't really sell many for several years after that. I just tried to hold and I think I got up, you know, a lot of the ones I would buy would be in rough condition. Mm-hmm. I would just, you know, put lipstick on a pig and and keep the rent low and, and do what I can. And then sold a couple to a builder, I think in around 2013 to, again, to free up cash, pay off things, buy new houses. There's always something else to buy. You know, yeah. even though you're scared, like, wow, I can't buy anything. Even in this market where the prices are so high, there's still deals out there. There's still deals out there. And I, I was telling someone today, I said, Nashville has never been more expensive and nor will ever be this cheap. You know, it's just what's, what's your perspective on it? Yeah. You know, I, I don't see it coming down anytime in our near future. Depends on the day. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> proud to be on the Founders Advisory Board of Studio Bank. Let me tell you a little bit about them. 
Studio Bank is passionate about what their members create, and they're here to support you through the process. They provide capital and services to build businesses. They offer mortgage and home loan options, whether you're a first-time homebuyer or purchasing your fifth home. They work with artists to reach their audiences. They help nonprofits transform the community. And often the most important work they do is simply empowering individuals to pursue their dreams. They're here because what you create matters. Let's create something together. Visit studiobank.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 1761767. Depends on your goal. It's all about your goals. It is. And I'll add, you know, when I first heard your story several years ago, I just thought, yeah, this is Monopoly Alicia and <laughs> all of the trading and buying that, that Christy spoke about. And I just thought, I have to know more about her. I want to know what she eats for breakfast. I want to know what she does every day. How has she built the career that she has built? And so you talked a little bit about your transition into real estate, but I want to know about your mindset. So I know over the years, there had to have been times where you thought, I don't know if I can do this anymore. This is just a game that is crazy. What are some things, maybe two or three things that you've thought about over the years that have just kind of kept you in this game and kept you going? Okay. Well, in 2018, I had a year from hell. There's no other way to describe it. Um, from January through December, every day of it, something catastrophic happened, including uh, my best friend dying. And that, that whole year really rocked my world. And towards the end of the year, maybe February, I, I was struggling. I was struggling. How do I get up and do this again? How do I put on a happy face when I'm so sad? And, and I was depressed. It was just, I kept getting hit with big life-changing issues every time I turned around. And sometime around September, I I did a lot of soul-searching, and I was trying to decide. You know, when when you get like that, sometimes I think you think, oh, maybe this is a sign. I just need to change careers or, you know, go be a greeter at Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) All the time. (laughs) (laughs) And what I did was I decided, I don't know, I just through the soul searching, I decided there was nothing I'd rather do. There's nothing that made my blood boil and my heart race rather than real estate and helping people. It's really, you know, people say real estate, there's so many facets of real estate. So I, you know, I, well, should I just manage property? Should I just do this? No, I decided what gets me out of bed is the people, the people helping the people. I remember sometime around October, I came to you and I said, Christy, we got to get on dinner. (laughs) And we had a big dinner. And uh, I'll never forget, I tell everybody this all the time. You said, Alicia, you're just having a bad year, personally. This is like the record year for you. This is your year. You'll never forget. And if you'll just hang on till next year, things will clear up. And it, and I went, I went home with that and that really changed, changed my mindset. And, and sure, it just sure did, you know, get through Christmas, your first Christmas without your friend, you you know, all the holidays and then things cleared up. 
2019 cleared up. Have I ever questioned how to do this? Yes, 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 because um, in real being an agent, we're working with people at their hardest times in their lives sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's the most exciting time of their lives. Sometimes it's divorce. Even if it's the most exciting, it's always the most stressful because it's the biggest purchase they're ever going to make. They're moving. Moving is just horrendous. And I think I think every realtor should move at least once every five years to realize, yeah. just to remind yourself how horrendous it is so that you can have compassion for your clients when they're losing it. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. sure. I haven't moved in 17 years. I'm like the anti-realtor. And I think growing up in real estate, like in second grade, we moved three times in that one school year. And then... I mean, we just moved all the time. And you probably did too when you were little. Oh, did yeah. You? And then now as an adult, I never move. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're good at moving. Well, but I don't, I actually don't do it well. I'm, I'm not my, um, I'm not my best client. <laughs> <laughs> but you can sympathize in that. With yes. 100%. And Heather, you've moved three times yes. in the past five six, six years. years i have and i do not want to move again for a very long time <laughs> so alicia you nailed it i mean it does put another perspective yeah it does. i mean your clients. I, i'll give you an example when i sold my house on alamo i wasn't even living there it was a rental property and another agent in our office laura munnan who's amazing she um i guess laura bolt i'm sorry chad her husband but um, <laughs> she brought the buyer to the house and I wasn't even moving out of the house. I was just selling my own house. And my tenants had just overflowed the trash cans and everything was just nasty. And at the, at the 11th hour, Laura said, my clients really want you to go empty the trash. And I think I was headed to dinner somewhere or something. And I lost it. And I thought, and looking back on it, if, this, if I had been doing this for someone else, I would have dropped everything, gotten my truck, gone over, and just emptied their trash right, for them. Right. But because it was mine, I was like, I am not going over there. Of course, I ended up going over there and emptying the trash, but I threw a fit and because, and, you know, I'm just not, yeah. Don't behave like me, people. <laughs> do as I do. Not, I mean, do or as I say, say not, not as, as I, I do. do. Yeah. That, that's interesting because whenever I have sold my own houses, I always want a realtor to represent me. I, I'm just my own worst client. Even when I buy something for myself, I'm, I'm the worst negotiator for myself. I mean, I go to bat for any of my clients. Like, we're going to win, right? But when it's for us, I'm like, okay, it's a weird dynamic. I don't, I don't get it. Yes. <laughs> so that's amazing on mindset. And I love your question, Heather, because it's so true. Because just reading or listening to The Secret. 20 years, years ago, ago yes. and changing your mindset of, I can do this. What I love too, is that you had a, a cleaning company for, I mean, you're always, you've always been entrepreneurial. Yes. I worked as a pharmacy tech for years in college too. And then I think one of the pharmacists said, Hey, can you help my mom? You know, would you like to go over and help her clean? And then word gets out. And then before you know it, and then I realized very quickly while I was in college that, wait a minute, I'm only working three days a week and I'm working for myself and I'm making more money than all my friends are that just have already graduated from college. So I'm not a huge fan of college. <laughs> I, I think it's something that people need to do to experience it, but you don't definitely don't. I don't think that everybody needs a degree. Sure. I would agree with that. And I know I've learned more in life as everyone has probably 
from the school of hard knocks yeah. than ever from college. Although I wish I could take what I know now and go back to college and take those classes again and see if they Me. made sense. Absolutely. Cause yeah. I remember some of my business classes, I was like, what? But then my history classes I loved, but uh, was of the mindset, oh, you'll never be able, you'll have to be a teacher. Yeah. Nothing wrong with being a teacher, but that just wasn't what I wanted, you to, wanted be. to do. But I loved those classes. So this is something I know I've talked to Christy about a lot. And just, you know, being newer in the business, almost five years now, I always look around as to what is, I call it the secret sauce. So what is it would you tell a newer agent that you need to do these things. If you don't do anything else, what would what do you need to do to help build your business and to have long-term success? And it looks different for everyone. That's one thing that I've kind of noticed over the years. It doesn't exactly look the same for you as it does for Christy. It's just a combination of kind of who you are, but then there's some certain things that kind of rise to the top. I think I would tell a newer agent be a problem solver at all, at any cost, from the littlest problem to the largest problem. Go in, figure out what the problem is, and solve it. And if that means, uh, for instance, a sale I just recently had, I went in and I could see that this family was struggling on how to clear out their house and move in with their parents while they build something else. And so, you know, I just picked a day and said, here I come, come in. And they said, are you really coming? And I said, I'm coming. I got my pickup truck and I've got garbage bags wow, and boxes. Great. And I brought boxes and started that process of just cleaning it, cleaning it up. I think from what I hear, everybody says, I've never heard of a realtor coming to my house <laughs> and cleaning out my garage. <laughs> Part of it is because I like doing that kind of thing anyway. So it kind of keeps me incentivized. I'll never forget when we last month when we got the last bit out of the garage it was like ah, <laughs> you know, we had this like big celebration yeah. we're like can you believe we're finally here you know I just like to dispel the 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 myth that people think of realtors as just people who put signs in the yard I don't know that I don't really know any realtors that just put signs in the yard um, and those who do are only probably good for one transaction yeah, maybe so. You yeah, know, maybe that's the, there's the someone was asking me that today, you know, the future of real estate. And I said, one thing about real estate that people not in the business may not necessarily see is that it is still all relationship. And even all these disruptors in the finance world, the tech world, the fintech world trying to disrupt what we're doing. People need an Alicia. They need a Heather to hold their hand and get them through or show up with boxes and motivate them and be there for them and a heartbeat. It's there's so much empathy that has to go into our transaction, which create the relationships and the problem solving. And that's not something you're always going to be able to get from a online platform. Correct. The, the, the person, the relationship is what keeps us in business. And if you don't take that seriously, you're that agent who puts one sign in the yard and they're, they're out. It's a hard business to stay in. I mean, you've got to have your grit your determination, your ability to pull up your bootstraps every day to say, I'm going to make something happen today. And if you don't have that, like your mom said, you're just born that way. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's going to be a hard business to succeed in. Mm -hmm. But I love that your mom said that. You're just born that way. Yeah. Yeah. She tells a story that I, I don't remember this, but she said when I was like six or seven, I used to walk a block over and there were some shops and that they, the shop owners were like, she asked if she could clean our windows for money. <laughs> 
I get it. A lot of times over the years, I, I, I really believe that I have talked just as many people out of selling their house mm -hmm. as I have into selling their house. And, um, you know, not everybody needs to sell their house just because the market's good. Yeah. If you can't. And you've also bought some of your clients' homes. Yes, I have. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where I believed in their house and the neighborhood more than the market did. So, <laughs> yeah. And there you go. And those were successful in the long run. In the long run. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, any parting thoughts on what makes you tick? I think that I am a transaction person. I like to check things off my list. People constantly ask me like, oh, are you, oh, you probably don't want to help me. You're probably selling million dollar houses now. And, and I really still to this day just get as excited about finding somebody a hundred thousand dollar house as I do a million dollar house. And that's really what makes me tick. Yeah. Sometimes being such a workaholic all those years. And then in the, in 08 and 09, I mean, I was selling maybe 75 houses a year mm -hmm. and a lot of them were $25,000 sales, mm -hmm. but I didn't care. So anyway, my point is, is that that's been a little bit interesting over the years because now with not having the inventory, I don't sell 75 houses a year anymore. And so a lot of times I'm like, I'm not working hard. Am I not working hard enough? No, I'm still working. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of a... <laughs> well, I can say you are always consistently our top producer. I mean, Aww. you're tops, tops, tops. So the transactions lower, transaction numbers lower, the, the sale price is higher. Right. But yeah. that's what I'm saying. I, it's still a little mind game for me because mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I don't feel like I'm working hard enough today. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you got to enjoy the fruits too. That's right. Your labor. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So when Reed goes to school, what, in a month? Yes. And you are all alone in that house. Is that really, are you going to want to Airbnb your house? I think that's my plan. Okay. It's just too big, you know, and um, I sold my Airbnb during uh, COVID. So, and I enjoyed doing that. I enjoyed, I enjoy hosting. I'm from New Orleans. I love entertaining. And, and so I think I'm going to do that again. So one funny story I have to tell about Alicia. This is several years ago. She had gone back to New Orleans for something. I don't, you're just visiting. And she sends me a picture of um, people in a parking lot. And she said, only in New Orleans do they tailgate before a girls' middle school basketball game. <laughs> I kept that picture. It made me so happy tailgating before a girls' middle school basketball Oh, yeah. Basketball it's game. unbelievable. That's awesome. Yeah. It's I like, mean, it just tells so much about you. I mean, the whole New Orleans life. So, I mean, you're just yeah. awesome. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, I say cheers to Alicia. Cheers to Alicia. Yes. And thank you for coming on well, and entertaining us. Thanks and for having me. Offering all of your words of wisdom. Well, I hope it helps someone. It will. Yes. It helped me. <laughs> sure, like my load. Yes. <laughs> thanks, Alicia. Okay. Bye. Bye. The Wilson Group Property Management Services specializes in managing your properties, including multifamily units and small commercial. We provide two levels of service, full property management, which takes all the stress and hassle off of you, or tenant placement only, where we find the tenant and you, the owner, self-manage. Visit our website today at wilsongrouprealestate.com and click rent to learn more. 
Hey, if you're loving the show, go find that little follow button on your podcast app. This will ensure you won't miss a single episode. Until next time.